Hello, everybody. It's Ben Hopkin again, and welcome back to my podcast, Acting Without the Drama, where we keep the drama on the stage and in front of the camera and out of our personal lives. So we have gone on an interesting journey together so far. We have talked about the three C's of acting as I see them, connection, communication, and commitment. I have talked to you about the actor's relationship with the director and with the writer. Uh, we had that wonderful interview with Carolyn McRae. We have also talked about some practical things in terms of selecting a monologue and starting to perform that monologue. And I've also given you the task of going out and videotaping yourself doing a monologue and sending me links. And so if you're not doing that, I want to encourage you to do that. This is a wonderful opportunity for you to get yourself out there for everyone to see. So one of the things that I want to talk about now is about really putting everything together. And I think one of the things that we need to look at when we're putting everything together is patience. We love to progress fast. We love to get there quick. And I say we, I'm, uh, it's me and the frog in my pocket, really. But I, I think that most of us are that way. We really want to progress rapidly. And when we start this process as actors, that is exactly what's happening. We are learning at a really fast rate. The learning curve is very steep because these are new ideas for us. These are new experiences that we're going through. And we have this opportunity to be able to learn quickly in a fairly short period of time. Inevitably, though, we come smack up against a wall and we start to get frustrated because we're not where we want to be. We get to a point where we have been progressing, but then maybe we see a performance that's just absolutely amazing. And instead of inspiring us, it discourages us because we're not there yet. Or we get a particularly negative critique from someone and it, it throws us for a loop. Whatever it might be, we get to a point where we feel stuck. So one of the things that I want to talk about now is about learning how to be kind to ourselves, learning how to be patient with ourselves as we go through this process and remembering that it is a marathon. This is a lifelong thing that we're doing. It's not a sprint. We don't have to get there fast. We just want to get there. And really, to be honest, I'm not even sure that there's a destination. I think that this is a process that we go through. If you get to a destination, it feels false. It feels like something that happens to someone that is kind of given up on this continual process of learning. As I've gone through, I've given you some concrete examples and I've given you some practical exercises and there will be more practical exercises that I will make available for premium podcast subscribers. As we go through this, however, I don't ever want you to feel like I've given you all the tools that you need to be a brilliant actor. The fact of the matter is, I can't give you the tools that you need because the one tool that is the most important thing you already have, it's you. And I know that I've alluded to this in the past. I may have even said it directly, but you are your greatest tool. That can't be overstated. What you bring to the table, your unique perspective, your take, your voice is what makes you interesting and what makes you real. And if you're not bringing it into every character that you're playing, ultimately you're cheating us as audience members. You're not giving us all that we really want from you. That again is one of the reasons why I 
say that acting is such a courageous thing. If you're doing it right, you really are risking your soul every single time you get up in front of people. One of the things that I think is vital for us as we go through this process is to have an outside observer, someone that can stop you and pinpoint the very moment at which you disconnect, the very moment at which you decide not to be specific, the moment when you decide not to be active, someone that can really help guide you through this process of learning to become a better actor. There are actors out there that manage to be brilliant without going through some intensive dedicated study. But again, remember that they are going through their own process, learning from the people that they're working with. I have never seen a brilliant actor that hasn't gone through this process of learning from others. It just, I don't believe that it exists. The reason why this is so important is that our own perceptions of ourselves are really kind of not accurate most of the time. We are filtering constantly everything that we are receiving, all the information that we're bringing in, we're filtering through the sieve or the screen of our own preconceived ideas about what the universe is. And some of those things are so old and so practiced and so ingrained in us that it's almost like it's hardwired into our psyche. I don't believe that it actually is for the most part, but it feels that way sometimes to the point that we really can't even see that we're filtering. We don't realize that we're filtering. And so it really is important that we have someone on the outside that can stop us and go, ooh, well, that was interesting, what was that? Now take a, take a second there, what was that that you were just doing? That wasn't working. Oh, you think that it is working? Well, for me it's not, so let's talk about that. One of the things to keep in mind is that no observer or teacher or mentor is all-seeing, all-knowing. It's important that we find teachers that we trust. Trust is ultimately a result of seeing continual positive results. Seeing as a coach is talking to another actor, if you're seeing that they're disconnected and they say, oh, you're disconnected in that moment, that builds that trust for you. Before you've been working with that instructor, really the only way that I know is to get recommendations from other people, or to look at their credentials. That can be a first step. But ultimately, the proof is in what's actually being taught. Is it resonating with you? Does it make sense to you? As you see it working for other people, is it helping them to become better? Or do you feel like it's actually working in the opposite direction? Those are things that you want to take a look at when you decide that it's time for you to look for a mentor. There's also another way that we can do this. I know that for many people, getting a teacher or getting a mentor is just simply not a possibility. Either you don't have anyone close by that you can go to to take classes from, or you don't have the financial ability to be able to take classes, which, by the way, most acting instructors would be more than happy to give acting classes to someone that's willing to help them. If you are willing to be a teaching assistant and help them find scenes for the acting classes that they're teaching or helping them out in other ways, you'll find that most acting teachers are open to the idea of giving you some free classes or at least discounted classes. So don't let your financial situation automatically preclude you from taking classes. But again, there are people that are not in a place where they can find acting teachers readily or if they can find acting teachers, they may not be the ones that they want to learn from. 
there is another way, and that is to find like-minded individuals, and I've talked about this before, finding like-minded individuals that you can start to work with. People that you trust, people that you can talk to easily, people that you can listen to when they start to critique you. As you get a group together, it's much easier when one person says, hey, that didn't work. If everyone else is also on the same page, you can know that they're probably accurate. If it's one person's voice out of five or six, then maybe it's just something to file away for future reference. I will say that really making big, strong leaps ahead in our acting craft generally takes learning from someone that's further along the path than we are. This idea of having a teacher, having a mentor, is really kind of something that I think is a life process. Interestingly enough, when we recognize that we need a teacher and when we actively begin looking for it, usually the universe provides it for us. I want to take a moment to talk about something. I don't shy away from things that are spiritual in nature when I'm talking about acting because I really believe that acting is spiritual as well as physical, mental, and emotional in nature. I believe that it's all of us. And to leave out that one part is to really leave out an essential part of who we are. I am not here to preach to you. I do have a very strong set of beliefs. They're ones that are very important to me. As I talk about spirituality, I really am talking in a more general sense in order to honor the different belief systems that are out there. I'm not here to try to get you to believe what I believe. I'm here to share with you some things that have worked for me in the past and to help you find things on your own. One of those general beliefs is that I really do believe that the universe is a beautiful, magical, amazing place when we allow it to be. I really do think that the universe provides for us when we ask it to provide. The problem is, <laughs> is that we spend a lot of our time asking for things without realizing that we're asking for things. We do it unconsciously. And we allow the negative voices that are in our head, and I know that I've talked about those before, we allow those negative voices to sort of control the direction that our lives are going. And so the universe listens, and the universe ends up providing for us exactly what those negative tapes are asking for. The other thing is when we're engaged in listening to those voices, we're more inclined to look at the things that happen to us in our lives and take the negative spin on it. I think that when we are in a good, connected, positive space, we really take those things that might be considered negative and we look at them and we go, oh, this is really interesting information for me to use for the future. This is something that I can learn from. This is something that I can grow from. If I believe the negative voices in my head that say that there's no one out there that's actually good, then everything that I do in my life, everything that happens to me, I'm going to filter through that sieve. And so I'm going to look at everything that happens from that really cynical, negative perspective. And you know what? If I'm looking for the negative, I'm going to be able to find it. But the exact opposite is also true. If I'm looking for the positive, I will also be able to find the positive. When someone does something that's hurtful, when someone lashes out at me, instead of going to that place of people are bad, I'll just simply realize, wow, that person must really be hurting. That person must be really afraid right now in order for them to go to that place. Because I believe that they're essentially good at their core. And so in order for them to behave that way, they must be in a very, very unconscious place. 
and kindness and love is really what they need at this moment. Now, kindness and love doesn't always have to be nice. I can be very direct and say, you know what, if you're going to behave that way, I'm not going to stay around here. I'm not going to permit myself to be treated in this fashion. But doing that in a loving fashion, again, encourages them to wake up. They get to decide whether or not they're going to. That's ultimately their choice. But we get to decide how we're going to respond to the world around us. It's not about guilt or shame. I put on, I call them shame coats. I put on shame coats all the time. I do something bad and, oh, I'm going to put on a shame coat. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so ashamed. But really, is that helping me any at all? It's not helping me to progress. The only thing that it's doing is keeping me distracted from actually moving forward. I'm there wallowing in my self-pity and, oh, I'm such a bad person. It's just kind of gross and icky. And those shame coats that we put on, they have spikes on the inside. So when we put them on, we're actually hurting ourselves. And we're sitting there thinking, oh, this is so comforting. This is so, uh, I don't know what we think, but it certainly is not working. I use the example of exercise when I'm talking about this. Exercising, if we're doing it properly, it makes us sore. The next morning you wake up, you're stiff, your, your muscles, you can feel that you've worked out. And that's a good thing. <laughs> you make yourself sore enough that you can't move. Obviously, you can't keep exercising. But when we are really connected to our bodies and we're really moving forward, there is going to be some discomfort from time to time. When we work out, it actually creates little micro tears in the muscle tissue, which then has to heal. And when it heals, it heals bigger and stronger. And that's the process that our muscles go through. And I think that that's the process that we go through in terms of our lives. When we decide that we're going to move forward with something, sometimes it is going to be uncomfortable. There will be moments of discomfort. And if there's no discomfort, we can be fairly certain that we're probably not progressing as fast as we could. Now, some of what I'm saying may seem to tie really closely in, if any of you guys have read The Secret and have heard about the Law of Attraction, I'm really not just rehashing the law of attraction here. My experience with that way of thinking is that there is a lot of truth to it. And I think that there's a lot of really positive ideas in there that we can learn to incorporate. One of the things that I think starts to happen with people that, that begin that process is that, again, they're not patient with themselves. They try to hold an idea in their heads that says, I'm going to make it to work on time and there's going to be no traffic. And then when they get stuck in traffic, they're like, oh, I can't do this. I suck. I'm bad. Or they think this doesn't work. Well, neither one of those have to be true. Fact of the matter is we're not practiced at doing this. And the other thing is, is that occasionally, I believe there is a higher force in the universe that knows better than we do that will sometimes give us things that we need in order to help us progress further. I think that that law of attraction in the way that it's been described many times is oversimplified. It's not acknowledging the positive force in the universe that does want us to learn and grow. And remember, as we strive to get better and better, we have this idea of trying to be perfect. And perfection is really kind of the kiss of death for an artist. Because when we think about it, what's our idea of perfection? For me, the idea of perfection is an absence of mistakes. But that kind of performance is really boring to watch. That's not the kind of thing that I want to see. I've talked before about Michelangelo's David versus Michelangelo's captives, that the captives are trying to break out of the stone, and that's really what acting is more about. 
The other thing is, is that it's not really about what's right and what's wrong in terms of our acting choices. It's really about what's connected. You know, if I'm taking a line and trying to read it 50 different ways to try to find the right line reading, that's not a connected way to approach the material. I need to connect with the other person that I'm speaking with so that when I deliver the line, I'm really communicating with them. That's the idea. This is a process that takes practice and it takes a lot of practice. Sanford Meisner actually said that it takes 10 years to become a good actor. I don't know that I agree with his timetable, but I do agree that it does take time. And I think that he's pretty close, you know, that's in the ballpark. Learning how to be a good actor or learning how to be a good person takes years of practice. It just does. We're unlearning so much that we have put into place over years and years and years. For us to expect that we're going to do it tomorrow is really kind of unrealistic and a little arrogant. So this is the idea that I want to put out there for you today. Be patient with yourself. Be kind to yourself. Don't expect to get there tomorrow. If you really did get there tomorrow, it would kind of minimize all of the other people that have worked for years and years and years to perfect their craft. So allow yourself to grow in this art form. Allow yourself to grow as a person. I think that this is a wonderful thing that we can all do. I am, again, really excited about seeing your submissions for the monologue competition. And I would also encourage you guys again to make sure that every single day you are doing something to grow as an actor. Do something to progress in your craft. Do something to progress in your career. Find one thing, at least one thing every day that you can do to move forward. I look forward to hearing from you again. We're going to be back here next time with a podcast that is going to be talking more about heightened dialogue. How do we deal with dialogue that isn't quite realistic? There are many playwrights, many screenwriters out there these days that do use that kind of heightened dialogue, heightened text. And so we're going to talk about how to approach that. And next podcast is going to be dealing largely with perspective. So I will see you next week and keep acting. Thank you for listening to our series, Creating Without the Drama. For more information about this podcast and many others, including Writing Without the Drama, please go to www.creatingwithoutthedrama.com.